guys wanted to hear from them just like I did. <laughs> you guys are the best. So welcome to the Quarry Living Room tonight. We're just going to sit down and we're going to have a cozy little talk. If you have a notebook and a pen, I want you to get it out right now. If you don't have a notebook, you have two arms that you can write on. So you can also do that. You can write on your shoe. You can write on your friend. Wherever you need to take notes, do it tonight. If you just need to, like, record the whole thing on your phone so you can listen to it later, do that. We will have this available on podcast. But I do want to encourage you to take notes because no matter who you are, or what situation you're in, there's going to be something for you tonight. So, before we get going with the heavy-duty questions, which were submitted by some very people in this room, so thank you if you submitted a question, <laughs> I'm going to play a little game with them. I didn't have a cool name for this, but it is going to be good. So I'm going to ask all four of you to remove both shoes for me. And you'll hold one of your shoes in a hand, and you'll hold one of your spouse's shoes in the other hand. So you'll have two different shoes in your hand. So we're going to ask them some questions. They're going to respond by raising a shoe. So it's questions like, uh, this isn't one, but which one of you burps the loudest, okay? They're both going to vote by raising a shoe, and we'll see if their answers match. Are you guys ready? I think we're going to find some things out that we did not know before tonight, and I'm very excited. First off, now I have a hypothesis of who I think they're going to vote for for some of these, and this is a real strong one. Who is the best parallel parker? <laughs> this came out as expected, okay. Who in here has never parallel parked? Lots of you. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Usually I'm not the host of these things. All right. Who is the first to laugh in an uncomfortable or inappropriate situation? <laughs> Got to put some thought into it. Okay. I like having giggly friends. That's a good one. Whose car is the messiest? <laughs> you guys were in unison over there. <laughs> okay. Who is the first to cry during a movie? <laughs> hey, boys, give it up for your life group leaders right now. There's something to be said for a man who will cry during a movie. All right, which of you is the best singer? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no matching answers at all. I'm so intrigued by you two. <laughs> we'll test that out later. Okay, now this one I literally have no idea because I feel like all four of you do this a lot. Who drinks the most coffee? <laughs> all the girls are saying Leslie. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Which of you would get the higher grade in a math class? <laughs> both voted for themselves. All right, last one. Which of you has the most gas? <laughs> Are you guys surprised by this answer? <laughs> okay, the gentleman won. Give it up for this game. I love that. The coffee one was the one I was like, maybe all four of them are tied. I have no idea. 
All right, are you guys ready for the nitty-gritty now? These are the things that you just have got to know about Janet Jessen, Micah, and Leslie, and what they think about relationships. Are you guys ready? Okay, we're going to start easy, though. The first question is, I want you guys to take just a minute to tell me how long you've been together. And I feel like, especially maybe with Janet and Justin, a lot of people here don't know how you met. So how long have you been together, and how did you meet? I actually want to hear from you two. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I know, but I need the nitty-gritty. <laughs> okay. Uh, so me and Leslie... Uh, we've been together for seven years. <laughs> Almost married for three. Um, thank you. And let's see, we met 26 years ago here at this church. <laughs> um, let's see, we had our first kiss when we were five. Write that down, everyone. Sorry. First kiss at five. <laughs> um, let's see, I asked Leslie out with a cookie that said, I like you. For some of you that don't know that. And that's pretty much the story. <laughs> I love that. So the takeaway, guys, is just lead with a cookie that says, I like you. Write that down. What was first date? First date was to the St. Matthew's Mall, and we went to Red Robin. <laughs> Good restaurant. Um, we met back in May 2005. Who was alive back in 05? Is there anybody that was not alive? Yeah, there's a couple people. Calvary Tabernacle, statewide homeschool graduation. Middle school boys, wake up. Statewide homeschool graduation. I had a fresh fit on, brown corduroy pants, a fish-patterned, button-up, short-sleeved shirt. If y'all can find some, I mean, I'm just saying. I don't even know. They're probably dress shoes. Uh, braided up. I had fresh braids. I think I cried. I think my sister braided my hair that morning. So I, I had cried then, too, because that's painful. And uh, so we walked in. The way we walked into the sanctuary to sit for the graduation, she was in front of me. So they were like, oh, get to know, you know, who you're around walking in, whatever. And so we talked. And then uh, before the actual graduation, I saw her giving me the googly eyes. <laughs> she was giving me the googly eyes. And I said, hey, she's kind of cool. So that's, that's how we met. Oh, yes. So this is back in 2005 again. Okay. So warp it back. And I was headed out. Like, we, we said, hey, bop, bop. That's it. About to head out. And I saw her there talking to her mom, Miss Glenna Fessel. Shout out. And I was like, you know what? She's kind of cool. But I ain't want to, like, be like, hey, let me get your number. So I was like, Hey, where that email address at? <laughs> Statewide homeschool graduation, okay? Statewide homeschool graduation. And, yeah, emailed, then got the number later. And then it all, 
toss you up? You have anything to add? <laughs> you can see Janet after service for <laughs> more details <laughs> or edits to that story. But hey, email. You know, it's professional. It's mature. I think it sends off good vibes. It worked for Justin. You could even do LinkedIn. Yeah. If you're a little bit older, get that LinkedIn profile where I can. <laughs> Business professional in training. fun question we have for you guys is we want you to tell us the funniest dating story that you have. Okay, so mine is not really from dating because dating uh, was a long time ago, so my brain was having a hard time thinking of dating <laughs> stories. But there's a really great married story that we had. It was a couple of years in. Some of these girls know this story. Um... <laughs> But <laughs> they already know. So um, he, at the time, was working in kitchen. So he was working a lot. It was derby week. It was He was working a lot of hours. So I was trying to be a super sweet wife, right? And um, the grass was tall. So in, in our yard at the time at that house, the, the front yard had like a little hill. So... I've never mowed before, okay? So I had my nails done for once. Um, and when I went, I was like, had a really challenging time getting the lawnmower to start. But I got it started. And apparently, well, it had been raining a lot. And I didn't know that the lawnmower had like different like cut levels or whatever. I don't know what that's called still. So I had it wherever he had it. So I was wearing my nice, like, black Puma shoes that he had bought me. It was outside. It was raining. I know you guys are just, like, you know where this is going. So I was mowing. The grass was, like, clumpy. I mean, I tried really hard. Um, but it looked awful. I'm not going to lie. It was terrible. So then he calls me. He was on break. He was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm outside. Oh, before he calls me, actually. So I got to the backyard, and there was, what was that, the AC unit? Heater? AC unit out, right? So I was like, man, there's that grass, like, right there. I need to get it. So I moved the mower, like, around this, and then all of a sudden I heard this, <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh. So I looked, and I busted our basement window. <laughs> So then I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So he calls, he calls me. He's like, what you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, just hanging out outside. He was like, really? That's cool. Okay, that's number one red flag because I never hang out outside by myself. So then uh, I was like, oh, hey, by the way, I went in the backyard, number two red flag. Never went in our backyard in that house. And I said, I noticed that there was, like, a crack in the basement window. <laughs> and he said, a crack? Like, what? And I was like, oh, I don't know. There's just, like, a little hole or something. He was like, like, somebody threw a baseball and, like, it hit the window. And I was like, oh, it's a little bigger. And he was like, it's okay. I'll look at it whenever I get home. So he got home, clearly pulled up, saw the clumpy grass chunks in the front yard, walked in saw my black shoes that were like stained green 
it was pretty sad. And then he was like, he just knew. He just knew something was wrong. And he said, what did you do? And I was like, okay, I was just really trying to be that super sweet wife, you know, Disney, like, here I am to help. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I took him down there. We had to get the basement window fixed. It was a whole ordeal. But he was so sweet. He didn't, like, yell at me. He wasn't mad. He was just like, thank you, but I got the mowing from here on out. So... Needless to say, I'm never allowed to mow, but I really did try, so. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So, there, I think it was our first Christmas after we started dating, and we had gone to some, like, family Christmas party or whatever. It was at this church's gym. Well, anyway, uh, we were going back to his parents' house after, and I was like, oh, can I drive your trucks? Like, I never drove a big truck before, and I was like, that'd be so much fun. Um, So, anyway. (laughs) So, anyway, um, he was like, yeah, sure. Well, I pulled out of this church's parking lot or whatever, and I didn't, like, make the turn quite all the way, so I had to, like, back up. And then start again. And um, so I put the truck in reverse, and I was like, is anything behind me? He was like, no, you're good. (laughs) And then I ran over the church's mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, that, and, yeah, anyway, that was the, that was the story. (laughs) See, your relationship can survive some hiccups or some blonde moments, broken windows even. It's no big deal. All righty. So we're going to get down to the good stuff now. Are you guys ready? This is, this is a strong start. I forgot this was the first one. Okay. When did you know that they were the person you were supposed to marry, and how can I tell if someone is the one? Mm. It's loaded. So... Obviously, I lived in Indianapolis, and Janet lived down here, so we actually, like, chatted and called, and we were just friends for a good minute, maybe a year before, like, I even thought about her in that way, because it was funny, we would talk about other people that maybe we might be interested in, and, like, like stories and stuff like that, and so... After a while, I think I had went out to Missouri for a semester at Bible College, and then I had moved back to Indianapolis and was attending a local Bible College in Indianapolis. And at that point, I was like, well, she kind of, she's really smart. And whenever we would talk, and like she would give me answers to things, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm And then it just kind of like everything kind of fell into place. Um, And so that was kind of how I knew that I wanted to make a move. And I think I sent, I think I sent roses on Valentine's Day. Six red, six pink. When, did I even, were we even dating at that point? No, I just sent flowers. The element of surprise, gentlemen, the element of surprise. Oh, yeah, 
he sent them to my cosmetology school. So I was finishing up, and there were, like, a bunch of roses sitting up front. And they were like, Janet, this one's for you. And I was like, why? But anyway, then I saw it, and I was like, that's so sweet. And then my parents were like, oh, my gosh, he totally loves you. You guys are going to be dating soon. Nobody sends you roses if they don't like you. And I said, well, Justin does. So I really, really tried to not, like, like him. And it didn't work out, so <laughs> couldn't prove my parents wrong, but it's okay. Um, so I think this is a kind of a tough question because I think for every person it may vary a little bit. Um, but for me, it was just kind of we had been dating for just a little bit, and I just kind of felt like peace about it. And that's really the only way I can describe it was just peace. And um, I think for every person it might be a little different. Um, but for me, that's that's how it was. Micah, I'll direct this question to you. Sure. I said I wasn't going to tag any on. But with your family being so involved in church, did they have a lot of say in that? Or did, did they offer advice? Did you seek out advice from them? Yeah, so I definitely talked to my dad and uh, my mom. And <clears throat> you know my grandma, Miss Donna. <laughs> she that's always has a say. <laughs> um, so I definitely talked to them about it. And they were all fine with it. And then uh, Pastor Jordan, me and him, we have a really good relationship. So he uh, he definitely helped me out, too. So Awesome. Does anyone want to speak to the second part of that, which is asking, how do you know if someone is the one? Or maybe yeah. if they're not the one? Um, I feel like that's kind of a hard question to answer. You know, you hear so many people say, like, oh, you just know. But that's, like, kind of overwhelmingly unhelpful. Like, what do you mean? How do you know? <laughs> you know, um, but I think it's just like you said, you just have a peace in your spirit about it. And I think if you have any question whatsoever about it, then you shouldn't go through with it. So. I was going to. Um, it, it is really difficult and it kind of goes back to the series that we just came out of. Because if you are praying and if you are spending time with God, you'll be led and you will know. Um, I remember one, one particular time when I was in high school, I believe, and I was, I liked this girl and she was, she was cute and like everything, she was funny and we were friends, but I just knew like there wasn't, there wasn't, there was chemistry, if you want to call it that, but I knew even at that time when I in high school that I couldn't, like there wasn't, I don't know. Like I knew she wasn't the one and that there was not something wrong with her, but there was just something not right if we were to be in a relationship. And so, you know, cause at first I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, we could, we could date. And like my parents were like, oh, she's cool. But it just didn't didn't feel right. So, well, I was just gonna say I I can second that as well. Um, before me and Leslie got together, I was in a previous relationship, and um, from the very start, I obviously knew it wasn't right, <laughs> and uh, I knew it wasn't gonna work out. And thankfully, I had like Morgan was saying, a strong family that was always like, hey, you know, we're here for you. We're not maybe quite in agreement with this, but, you know, we still love you. And um, I had people that I had surrounded myself with, like Pastor Gordon and other leaders that I highly respected that were, 
you know, they, they had always encouraged me and encouraged me and encouraged me. And so when they came in to tell me, like, hey, this isn't maybe where you, you know, who you should be with and things like that, I didn't quite respond maybe the way I should have. But I did highly respect their opinions. And eventually those things did work out. And um, eventually I broke it off. And then God gave me my best. So, <laughs> Write that down, guys. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Those are awesome answers. Community. The, work, yes. the community is key because yeah. your friends, your family, your parents, even, even if sometimes you're like, oh, come on, mom, whatever, dad, like, like, they are a really good bouncing off point to be like, hey, like, you know, what do you think? Right. You know, and then to l actually listen to them and not make a decision and then be like kind of an afterthought. Mm -hmm. But like a really strong-knit community around you will, will definitely help. You're a life group leaders for one. No, so, and your pastor. So... When we come at you and tell you that guy's not right, that girl's not right, he take heed, okay? Okay? Because <laughs> we're looking out for the best interest for you all. Awesome. Those are great answers. The next question is, how do you date God's way? I think kind of like what they were saying, I think the first thing you should do is um, if you have good godly parents in your life, you know, talk to them about it and talk to your leaders about it. You should put a value on their opinion in your life because the thing is you've never been there successfully before in picking out a mate. And they might be able to point out some red flags that maybe you can't see because, you know, when they say love is blind, sometimes that there's a lot of truth to that. Like you can be so excited about this certain person that you're missing this big red flag waving in your face about it um and then the other thing i would say just kind of a good tip is be friends first um kind of like what they were saying and we were friends long before we ever started dating so um yeah d dating god's way the really i i came down to like three things intentionality like what are what are your intentions because um, I never wanted, growing up, even, like, running around the streets of, you know, Detroit, Indianapolis, whatever, like, I still knew when I got to junior high, high school that, like, I don't want to waste my time or anybody else's time if, like, this isn't going to go anywhere. Like, I don't, no girl is that beautiful or pretty to like me waste my time and to waste their time. So being intentional, I think is a big thing. Also just having fun, um, doing different things, going, you know, going different places, doing different things that you're maybe not used to doing. I remember when we went on, would go on dates and we would try to do things that we'd never done before. Um, you know, I think we went to the Butterfly Gardens in Indianapolis one time and just kind of getting out, I think that a lot of times we have a lot of rules and, and regulations that we have in place, which is good because this is an area that can get really tricky really fast, especially if you're in a bad relationship or in a wrong relationship. So there is that, but also to have that fun aspect of it. And then kind of going along with intentionality is that honor, you know, having honor for, for the other person and having honor for yourself. Um, I think 
that's very important uh, these days is to have honor and to, and to think of think of the other person, think of yourself um, in that way. So. Uh, I might just add just one more little point, um, and I'll probably keep going on this for forever because <laughs> this meant a lot to me, it. and it's uh, accountability. Um, so you need to surround yourself with some, with certain people that you know they can hold you accountable to things. Um, they can talk straight to you, and you don't get offended, which if you do, then you're probably not ready for a relationship anyways. Um, so, like with myself again, like I, my brothers are always great. Um, Pastor Jordan, um, my parents, people like that, and I, you know, they held me accountable. And even when they said stuff I didn't like, it still hit home, and they definitely helped me. So I would say, make sure you're holding yourself accountable. That's awesome. I'll wave my hanky on that. This is a really good one. When you're looking at yourself, how do you evaluate whether or not you're ready to date someone or be in a relationship? I think, like, number one, if you can hear clearly from the Holy Spirit, you know, his leading, then I'd say that's a good key for sure. Because if you can't, then you aren't ready for that. That's all I'd say. I say uh, take the time to prepare yourself. Um, preparation time is never wasted time. That's something that uh, Terry Savelle Foy says a lot. But it just is so important to know yourself and to identify who you are and what are your passions and what are your goals and what are your what do you want to achieve in your life because when you add somebody else into that mix you want to make sure that you can have that conversation to where you are like going the right way and you're going your focus is the same mm -hmm. and so if you don't know yourself right. I mean you can't really have a good relationship together yeah. so what would you guys say your definition of a good relationship is, or a healthy relationship, or a God-honoring relationship? Um, I'll throw something in on this. Um, so I feel like, you know, obviously, like, God should be the center of your relationship. Like, with me and Leslie, mm -hmm. this church is, I mean, we're centered around this church, me and her. Um, and we feel like we're both going in the same direction. Um, and so, you know, everything we do is basically our schedules are centered around God and what we do here. Um, and so, like, our core values are similar. What we believe in is the same. Um, and I think that's very important because if they're not, that can cause a lot of issues and could be, you know, red flags if that's not the same. Totally agree with that. Um, I say... You know, like Justin said earlier, having fun is good, and that's essential to a relationship because nobody wants to be bored in a relationship. No. Um, and then be just compassionate and understanding and listen to each other. You know, everybody has different opinions, ideas on things, um, working through things together. Um, I would say there's <clears throat> every growing up, every, well, I guess looking back, a lot of the relationships and the marriages that I saw that, like, I would really want me and Janet's to continue to look like, 
was a lot of a lot of give and take, right? It's a lot of it's not one person dominating the relationship. It's not like, oh well, this person always wants to do this, or you know, we can't ever go here. Like it's always having that flexibility. I think is really key, um, especially when you are involved in church. I find, you know, having that flexibility and just being able to to not be stuck in a rut, um, to have that that other person to kind of you know break out of that, um, which is which is really cool. Um, but yeah, just just having flexibility that give and take in a relationship and obviously, you know, having somebody that's going to stretch you too, um, you know, not, again, kind of going back to that, not being stuck, but having somebody that's going to be like, okay, we're here, but we want to be, we're, what, what are our goals? Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. All right, you guys are going to like this next one. You can just go ahead and wiggle in your seat a little because you're going to need to. Is kissing okay while dating? Here's the tea. And what is a safe level of physical intimacy in a relationship? <laughs> Lots of mumbles from the middle school boys. Here we go. <laughs> Me and Janet never kissed until our wedding day. Um, yes, right, right here in the sanctuary. And, uh, yeah, I would say I always, it was so, so pictured in when Mrs. Pastor Rogan gave that illustration of the ladder or climbing a ladder. That's like so vivid because I, I would see growing up my friends that were in relationships and they would kiss and they would. They would move on to other things because that's just how how our bodies work. That's just how it works. That's just how it's blasted in front of our faces and culture. It's that, oh, we can, we can hold hands, we kiss, we do this, we do that, but we're not going to go to this level. But having that self-control to not get to that level, that's never going to work. So um, we never kiss until marriage. Um, I've, I've known other people that once they've got engaged, they've kissed. You know, you, you kind of have to, it basically comes down to you have to set your own boundaries. I would say kissing's off limits for me, for my boys. I would, I would tell them not to as well. Um, but it's all about those boundaries. And then having a community, again, going back to that community of people around you that are going to hold you to that if stuff gets hot and heavy. Let's just read Song of Solomon for this. Uh, chapter 2, verse 7 in the message, it says, Don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. So if you start, it's just the desire is just going to be there. And if, like Justin said, if you don't take the responsibility when at your age now to set those boundaries, when you're in that moment, which you'll never be in that moment to be tempted if you've already set your boundaries. But if you are in that moment, somehow you get caught up and then it'll come back to you and you'll say, no, 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 mm -mm, no, get your hand off that knee. There ain't no ring on it. So get your hand off or whatever. There is not a ring. 
not happening. And um, so it's just very important to set those boundaries ahead of time. And your close friends next to you, they will know. Uh, and they'll keep you accountable too, which I think, like everybody said, that's so crucial and so vital is having that close-knit group around you where you're not going to be offended because there's times when they're going to call you out and you cannot be easily offended. So, I think one thing we can call back to also when Justin was talking earlier about like going out and doing things and nobody taking their pants off in a museum or like at an ice cream parlor or, you know, like sometimes you can just bring it down to a really practical level and say, you know, if, if I care about myself and about this person and I'm really committed to keeping this safe and in a place that honors God, you know, go out and do stuff. Don't be huddled up in somebody's bedroom or whatever. So I think that tip can be used for multiple reasons. What are some red flags that a relationship is headed in the wrong direction? I would say, are you changing for the negative? Um, Because, like, again, back to that accountability and that community, your closest friends, your life group leaders, your pastor, they're going to know, they're going to see a difference in you if you're heading down a wrong path. And then they'll be able to come and talk to you and have a real-life conversation and see what's going on. So... I'd also say, like, are they pulling you out of your local church, too? And just some, like, red flags to look for just in that other person that you're interested in. Like, you know, ladies, is that guy you're interested in? Is he always really easy to get angry? Or how does he treat his parents or the wait staff at a restaurant? You know, because that's the same way he's going to treat you. And if he's easy to get angry, then you're never going to feel safe with him. And then, like, guys, that lady you're interested in, um, is she always involved in some sort of drama? Or, um, you know, does she easily get offended? Because if so, you're never going to have peace in your home, you know. I would just tag on to that. Also, when people stop being themselves... That's kind of a red flag when, when you kind of see people changing. And people change just in general. But when you see people changing, it's like, ah, I don't, this isn't quite you. So, <clears throat> for instance, I like to use a lot of illustrations and stories. So, um, my best man growing up, we were, uh, this was maybe a, maybe a year or two before we moved, I moved down here. But he started getting into a relationship with this girl, and she went to the same, like, we were, we were at a church plant at that point, I believe, and he was in a relationship with this girl. She went to the church. She helped out in the nursery. She was, she was, you know, a good Christian girl. But my best man was uh, a little bit more immature, um, and she was like a teacher and very strict, very mature to the point where we were at this I don't know if it was a Super Bowl party or not, but my, our other good friend was going to grab a drink from a two-liter, and the two-liter was like sprayed, and of course, like, what do you do at them? Like, you laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I started chuckling, and she looked at me like straight serious, and she's like, well, that's not helping anything, is it? 
So needless to say, and at that, like, both of us, like, told him, like, hey, like, we don't, like, really, you think this girl, like, are you, are you sure about this? And, like, of course, he, like, stayed in the relationship, you know, too long. Um, you know, he would even say that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, you know, if it changes, if it's, if it changes who you are and other people can start telling that, too, I think it's a, it's a big red flag. Good. I'll ask you guys this. This piggybacks off that a little bit. So this is another one that wasn't submitted. But what are some things that you've seen trip your friends up or people that you knew or grew up with that got in wrong relationships? What were some of the excuses they made? Maybe when you pointed out red flags to them, what were some of the reasons that they stayed in those relationships? Well, usually it was always someone that didn't go to the same local church and right. they'd be like, oh, well, they love God, right. you know. That was probably pretty much the main one. So they always made that an excuse. I think, too, they're just comfortable. Or they, like, feel that they need to be in a relationship with someone at all times. And they can't just live life, like, being by themselves. They feel like they always need to have a guy next to them or a girl next to them just because that's what the world is telling you and pounds on you like if you're not in a relationship who are you like right. you know right. so I think that the pressure of that gets to people right. even though they know it's wrong they right. still stay in it just to have someone right. well this ties in with what Leslie said do you guys think that it's ever okay to date someone who doesn't go to our church Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Like, <laughs> I would say chances are they're going to pull you out of your local church. Second um, Corinthians six fourteen talks about um, how you shouldn't be equally yoked with um, unbelievers, and I think the message version refers to it as um, a partnership between light and darkness, and it talks about how that's not a partnership; that's right. war. You know, you should. Um, <laughs> be with someone that has the same heart for the local church as you do. Because right. here's the thing, if your goal in life is to fulfill the plan that God has for you, the call on your life is always going to be connected to your local church. Yes. And if they don't have that same goal in mind, then it's always going to be war right. in that relationship. Right. So, Very good. Yeah. Woo, That was good. Uh, I will say that it, I did, uh, Obviously, he didn't go to our church um, because we met in Indy. But in the course of our talking, um, you know, it was kind of, hey, move to Indy, whatever. And I was like, no, because first of all, I'm not moving and I'm staying here. So if this relationship is going to move forward, you're coming to southern Indiana. Welcome to New Albany. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, I mean, he had to make that decision because I He knew, I remember the very first day that he walked into this church. And I mean, I knew that all eyes were on me because let me just tell you, I've grown up in this church and I walked in here with a dude that was not from here. So I knew the brother Joe's and everybody, (laughs) they were watching, which I'm so thankful for. And um, I mean, they didn't scare him away. So he's obviously good, but... Um, I think it's just important that I do agree you need to stay with someone that believes the same as you and that's in your church. Um, Rare occasions, Justin, (laughs) 
will that ever work? Um, but I think that's because he was just so flexible and he he was a go with the flow and he was excited for everything that this church has to offer and has coming up. So, You guys good? Yeah? We got a couple more questions, but this is really good. We've touched on this kind of a little bit, or you guys have expressed some things along this line, but can you tell us what the key things are that have caused your relationship to be successful? We have some veterans, people. I didn't really realize you guys uh, have been together for seven years. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. I was here for all of it, so uh, <laughs> it's super weird. I would say the number one thing, like he said earlier, is we always make the local church a priority in our life and I'd say good communication definitely um, which is something you're always going to work on you know um, and just another thing I'd say always have a mindset of putting the other person first right. too yeah. Uh, yeah I would that that was the main thing I was going to say was communication because um, now now it's getting to the point where We've been married coming up on 11 years, and we're now seeing, yeah, yeah, hey, look at us. Um, but now we're getting to the point where, you know, because we live in a fallen world, we have been seeing some other relationships and marriages not make it. And so that is kind of eye-opening and sobering to a point, but I think communication you're communicating well and you're and you're keeping God first in your marriage but communication is is key you know that a lot of time what do they say it's money things that lead to like breakups it's like money sex and something else but even like making it a priority to communicate about those hot topic things you know like you know how are the how are the finances going you know like being having those conversations even though they're maybe not the pleasant right. yes. communicating about those things always helps strengthen the marriage and keep it going yeah. so and I will say for me to having some having a spouse that will help me stretch right. and grow has been amazing mm-hmm. not always easy but it's been super great <laughs> um, because there are times let's just be real I mean I don't want to do certain things or um, I just struggle with certain things and he's right there to pick me up. He's right there to encourage me to keep going. He's always there and I think he stretches me to a point where I'm like, okay, you can stop talking now because that hurts and we'll talk later. So (laughs) um, communication is probably next to God. It's the next thing me. Well, this is kind of along those lines too, but kind of taking it from what are things that have um, helped you be successful, how do you handle challenges or differences or disagreements when they do come up in your relationship? So for me, uh, this has happened a couple of times, more than a couple. You were right on it with Uh, that answer. You were like, yes, this is me, y'all. So I have learned that if I open my mouth too quickly, the damage is done and there's more repairs that need to be made. So uh, I have always told him, I don't know from day one, but fairly early on, if we ever got into a difficult discussion, I said, give me a minute, I'll be back because 
I have just learned it's not always easy <laughs> to recover from those things. And I don't want to say I'm sorry, so I just would rather not say the wrong thing first. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, so from a guy's perspective, um, I always try to say sorry first. <laughs> Just to get that out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, um, difficult conversations or things like that. Um, just trying to be open. Like, with Janet, Leslie's kind of the same way. She just kind of, if we're talking about something like that, then she kind of needs a minute to just think about it and stuff like that. Um, for myself, I've learned kind of what Janet said. Just sometimes you don't need to open your mouth right off the bat. Um, so, yeah, I'd say Janet nailed it. <laughs> yeah, don't go to bed angry. That's not good. Um, you know, sometimes you do have to stay up a little extra late to work things out. <laughs> but or it's or a lot extra late. Yeah. yeah, or a lot extra late. But it's worth it. I think the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger, um, which is very true. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a couple of things I'll add, uh, humility, um, you know, because so, for instance, we recently got into a little uh, disagreement about something and just being open to seeing it from the other person's view, because it was something that it wasn't it wasn't black and white. It was kind of more of a gray, gray issue that we were talking about and discussing. And, and we were on opposite sides of the, the fence. And so just kind of coming to it. And like taking your time, not rushing into it, not being angry about it, but being like, okay, I can see it from your side of the point. Like, I can see it from your side. So like, let's talk about this and like, talk about, talk about it. And it does take time. And, you know, as you get older, you get kids and you're doing all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's hard. And, you know, sometimes you have to be like, okay, well, I need to go to life group. So we'll talk about this when I get back. And like, so, but still communication, humility, um, and just not being so dogmatic on your side of how you see things. That's super great. We have just a few more questions. This is the last kind of really heavy one. It's not real heavy, but it could be a little challenging. How do you date with keeping marriage as the end goal and sort of along with that, what are some good spiritual practices that you've brought into your marriage or that you share with your spouse or that you guys kind of focus on together to keep that relationship God-centered? <laughs> so how do you date and keep marriage as the end goal? And then along with that, what are some good spiritual practices, maybe like praying together or praying for each other or some things that have strengthened your relationship from a spiritual standpoint that you guys do together? I would just say um, that was going to be my first thing was praying, definitely praying for the other person. We don't, me and Janet, we don't pray a lot together. Um, we could probably get better at that. Um, but even... What I've found is, like, if, if what we've done a lot is sharing verses, sharing albums, because um, we can both 
uh, for the most part, listen to stuff at work, sharing podcasts, stuff that's like really hitting us at the moment, um, we'll share with, you, with each other. And that's just nice, because you can share it at the moment when it's hitting you. So like most recently, I was listening to a uh, album um, at work, and a uh, gospel album at work, and it was just really hitting me at the moment. And so I actually shared it with Janet. I was like, hey, you should listen to this when you get the chance. And then later we were, you know, we talked about it and like, you know, talked more about it. You know, like, why did you like it? You know, did you like it? And we kind of, you know, were able to talk about it further. So that's one thing that I would say that we've done most um, is just sharing those little things throughout the day. And then we can expound upon it later and create conversation uh, later on. Um, I would say, as far as dating goes, um, I think sometimes in today's society, dating's become so casual, and it's just kind of, oh, you know, I kind of like this person, you know, who knows if they're really the right person or not. Um, my friends all are dating, so why shouldn't I date? You know, it, who knows, just for fun, you know. Um, I think it's gotten very casual, and I think you got to keep it in mind, like, this could be my potential mate. Um, this could be somebody else's mate. Um, so, um, you know, I think you got to keep it in the mindset like, hey, this, my end result is marriage. So I think if you go into it like that, then, um, you know, you'll keep it pretty God-centered. So um, as far as me and Leslie, we normally like to talk about stuff. Um, so we'll, you know, we both come to church all the time. And so we like to talk about what's going on in church, um, what's being preached, what, you know, um, quarry, we're very involved with the quarry, so I think that's probably our biggest things is we just center, a lot of our talk is around church because we're here so much, um, which we love being here, this is what we're passionate about, so I think that's probably our biggest things. When you're dating, I say ask questions, ask those hard questions that are uncomfortable, um, I think it was Pastor Cassie, maybe she said her and Pastor Sunny, their very first lunch, they laid out all the questions hey do you tithe do you pray in tongues right. you know and all those views because like he said this could not be i mean this might be somebody else's mate so i don't want to waste the time with someone else or they may not be ready to be my mate it may not be the right time so and i think praying for each other is crucial and even right now at your all's age you all can pray for your future mate because who knows what they're doing right now? And they might, I mean, they always need prayer, but <laughs> just constantly be praying for them that you, your paths will cross at the right time and that you won't get in a relationship at the wrong time. So That was so good. All of that is such good wisdom, you guys. Everybody okay? Yeah. All right, I got two questions left. They're really good ones. And this one I'm actually interested I would be interested to know how many of you encounter this because this is something that gets brought up to me all the time, not only by coworkers, but some people at church have even brought it up to me. I'm, I would be terrified of it, and I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because I'm just I'm like, I don't know about that. But here's the question. How do you feel about dating apps or websites or meeting people online? Because that is sort of... <laughs> the trend for Christians and non-Christians, which is kind of crazy, and like I said, freaks me out, but people bring it up to me often. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to give like a definite no. I'd say for this age group, no, for sure. Yeah. 
There's also <laughs> there's also some that they aren't really dating websites. They're more like hookup websites. So that's a definite no. Also, another thing, I don't, I'm not saying this can't happen, but I don't see the Holy Spirit leading someone to get on a dating website and you're just searching through people and he's like, that's the one, you know. I'm not saying that can't happen, but it's very unlikely. So that's what I would say. Proceed with caution <laughs> on those. Yeah, uh, like I was going to say, for this age group, Definitely, probably not. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and I, what I like to do is I just like to take technology out of my life altogether. Um, just be more aware of your surroundings. And, I mean, you never know, like, who, you know, who you're overlooking. But, I mean, I, I will say, so I know a person that found their mate on a Christian, I don't know, Christian, I don't even know what the websites are. But, and they're doing ministry down in Evansville, and they're, living life and I'm like oh that's awesome like it's cool to see those you know stories that do but usually it's yeah yeah <laughs> so well one thing I noticed about all of your all stories too is that God really brought you guys together and it seems like the intent of a dating website is to go out and find someone instead of letting God bring that person to you. So I think that's something we can take away from all of your stories that when you're serving God and you're in a local church and you're doing the things you should do, God is able to bring that person to you and you don't really have to like swipe and hunt them down. So I, I like that about all of your guys' stories. Is this good? So we can all agree tender is not a place we need to be. Can I add yeah, something, Morgan? No. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, just a little thing. I think if um, if you're not content being single and you feel like you have to get out on dating websites, yeah. you're not going to be content dating. So, just throwing that out. Yes. Does anyone want to expound on that about how dating doesn't fix your problems, or did you? find that out or you don't have to if you don't want to but like along those lines if you already have issues getting with somebody's not gonna help yeah yeah um definitely being because it it is difficult like you get to a certain age and like there is that pressure to like oh when are you gonna settle down when are you gonna find oh there's that one guy or there's that one girl and like being content while you're single is I know, I mean, we got married young, so I can't say much to that, but it is a, a big part of, of your walk, just being content, like learning and growing and working on yourself and, and right. finding those faults and finding those things that you can work on yourself so that way when you do meet somebody, like you're ready, you know, you, you've been working on yourself so you can kind of go into the relationship or going to, you know, dating and kind of seeing if they're the one with more of, uh, you know, you're not trying to fix all your stuff while you're trying to enter this relationship. So that is a, that is a, a big key. To that, I will add, um, just thinking about that song that we sang tonight, it says, you're all I long for. Um, I'm after your heart. Right. Whose heart are you after? Yeah. Are you after God's heart? Or are you after some guy's heart, right. some girl's heart? Because if it's not the right timing and you're not content with yourself, there's no point in adding somebody else in. Yeah. 
And I would also add, like, is who is your savior? You know, are you still trying to look for that savior in somebody else? Because they're never going to be able to fulfill what God can fulfill in your heart, you know. Yeah, to that, if you're constantly, like, having to be with someone at all times, it's obvious in a way that you are not satisfied, you're not having that relationship with God because you're trying to fill that void that only God can fulfill. And then once that's filled, then you're able to bring a spouse on. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I've got one more question. It's kind of like a fun one. So before I ask that, is there anything you guys want to share or any wisdom just burning in your heart that we didn't get to tonight or that we didn't already cover? If not, that's fine. I will say that I was talking to somebody the other day, and they had kind of said, you don't really think that there's, like, one perfect person in the world for you, do you? And I said, I mean, I do. And then I I remembered that verse in the Bible uh, where he talks about being in the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And when I was thinking about that and talking to this individual, they, I was like, you know, you're, you're preparing yourself, and you're going to choose the path that you're going to go down. So you may go down that good path, and it's okay, but at the end, your mate that's right there, I mean, it's probably not going to be that perfect mate that's on that perfect path. So I just encourage you to really focus in on what are you called to do, what are your visions and goals and passions and dreams, and, you know, Being in this church, you're called to be a part of this church. You're called to help fulfill the vision that Pastor Jordan has. And that should be your primary focus. And you need a spouse that's going to jump in with you on that. I was just going to say to not get blinded. Especially when you're younger, you can get blinded by looks and, I mean, six-pack abs and pretty faces and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you take that into marriage and if you take that into, you know, you've woken up with this person in the same bed for two, five, ten years, there's always those little things that kind of pop off where you're like, okay, Every time I don't lock my car within 10 feet, I get reminded. And like all the little things pop up. So if if you go into dating with just looks or certain aspects of a person in mind, you really need to look at like the total person as a whole. And are they going to stretch you to reach more, you know, for God in your relationship? Are you guys talking about spiritual things? Are you encouraging each other and your passions in life. Um, Because at the end of the day, you know, people get older, things get annoying, but if you're in it, and if you know that person's in it with you, in the trenches, fighting in life with you, then everything is great. Um, I was just gonna add something and kind of go back to one of your questions about dating people outside of the church. Um, I would just say that with that, why don't you bring them to church before you ask them out or, you know, accept their whatever and have them here for a year and see if their heart is really 
for the church, for the things that you believe in? Because, I mean, anybody can say they go to church or they love God. I mean, heck, the devil can come to church. So, <laughs> I mean, the devil quoted scriptures back to Jesus in one of the scriptures. So, I mean, bring them to church. See if their heart's really for the church. See if they're really going to be committed. See if uh, they get involved in the ministry of hopes. I think you can pretty much tell probably pretty quick if they're going to last or if they're really just here just for you. And if, uh, you know, I think you could tell pretty quick. So uh, that's what I would say about that. I'd say one more thing is um, don't settle. You know, so many people put a timeline on when they think they should be married and then they can start their life, you know. And I think you just need to keep your standards really high and don't settle. Michelle. 27 I can agree with that <laughs> you guys can laugh it's okay <laughs> it's all good so this last question is a really fun one I think we'll wrap this up because we have 300 chicken wings in the back to go eat but can you give us a first date etiquette speed lesson <laughs> it worked out well for both of you guys yeah. clearly so I trust your wisdom Okay, so I would say first date, try to keep it somewhat short just because I feel like most first dates get really long and everybody's trying to say everything about their entire lives in one date and then your second date's like, what do we have to talk about? A lot of awkward silence. Um, and then a second thing is go somewhere like what you guys, like go to the mall or Somewhere, you know, like that where there's not going to be a lot of awkward silence if you maybe don't have anything to say at the moment because you're walking around, you know, there's a lot of things you can talk about. Um, go to a restaurant, like we went to Red Robin. It's not very quiet in there. So even if you're not really saying much at like a moment, it doesn't feel really awkward. Um, so that would probably be my point. <laughs> Two things. Ask questions and girls, make sure the guy pays. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so, fellas, pay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say ask questions and listen. I think listening's a, a major part of, of things nowadays that we don't really listen to people. We just like, oh, yeah, like we overhear people, we hear people, but we don't actually take time to listen to them. Um, so to ask questions, listen, and be yourself. Like, no reason to put on a front for somebody and then three, four dates later, they're like, oh, you're really not like how you were on the first date. Uh, let's call this off. So just be yourself. I mean, I mean, have manners. <clears throat> but be yourself. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I say if you go to like a burger place and the other person orders like a salad or something, you be like, all right, you're not American. We're done. <laughs> just saying. Order whatever you want. Don't eat light. <laughs> awesome. Well, will you guys join me in giving it up for our relationship panel? Didn't they have some amazing responses tonight? We asked them some really difficult questions, and they gave us a whole lot of sound wisdom. But, you know, part of the reason we even have them up here is because we've been able to observe their relationships for years, and both of these couples have relationships that I really admire. They've been together for a long time, but they've also served God together. So um, this was safe advice that you were given tonight. It was good advice, and all of you should go out of here feeling really empowered and knowing what to do and knowing what not to do. You guys feel good?
Okay. Yeah, you can clap again. That was sweet. Justin, all your boys had your back. <laughs> well, listen, we love you guys so much. We have wings in the back, so you can head back there and start to eat.